Welcome to Crafting Solutions to Conflict, a podcast exploring how to deal effectively with conflict, actual and potential, good and bad. Engaging guests discuss a range of insights, and I cover tips and topics based on my 35-year fascination with conflict and my experience helping people with it. I'm your host, Jane Bettle, and my goal is to share a perspective on conflict that is both practical and positive. My guest today is David Gage. We talk about the work that flows from the concept spelled out in his book, The Partnership Charter, how to start out right with your new business partnership or fix the one you're in. The charter goes beyond legal themes to help partners discover, discuss, and document just how they want their partnership to work. Hello, David, and thank you for joining me on the show today. Hello, Jane. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I am too. And as I told you when we chatted, I have had a copy of your book on my bookshelf. (laughs) Actually, two different bookshelves. When I lived in a completely different place, this one managed to make the cut when I moved. It (laughs) has been waiting patiently. It's taken me a while to invite you to the podcast, but now that I finally have, I'm glad that you're here and we can talk about this wonderful concept. Before we get to that, tell us how you came to be doing the work you're doing, created this concept, wrote the book, and I know there's even more coming very soon. Thank you, Jane. Um, I Like a lot of folks, I grew up in a family business. And interestingly, when I count them, there were quite a few closely held companies in our family. My dad and his brother, my both of my grandfathers, one, my maternal grandfather started a family business with all of his sons and eventually my father, who was the son-in-law. And then my dad's dad started a business with another gentleman in the Appleton, Wisconsin community. They started a department store you know, and just a few others in the, in the family, uncles and things. As I think about it, growing up in that family business environment was part of what got me into psychology. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, psychologists always want to figure themselves and their families out. Well, when you have a family business, I think there's even more to figure out. Oh, yeah. So I did get into psychology. I wanted to be a psychologist. I started working training in family therapy and group therapy. And then I got my PhD in clinical psychology, taught at the University of Maryland Medical School for a while, part-time, taught psychiatry residents how to work with families. Oh, good. And so I learned a lot about family systems. I I even then, becoming a psychologist, had a partnership with a psychologist in Washington and Bethesda, Maryland. And it was around that time when I really had the dream therapy practice that I had wanted that I started to realize and really recognize that family businesses and partnerships 
they're tough sledding. Yes. It's a tough road to hoe, as they mm -hmm. say. And when I looked around and thought about it, I, I recognized, this was back in the 80s, that when partners, family or non-family, get sideways with one another, there weren't a lot of options. They tended to go to their trusted advisors, and that might be an attorney or mm -hmm. a CPA. But unfortunately, those professionals tried to be helpful, but sometimes they knew they shouldn't get involved because they were already involved, so they were never really neutral. True. But that wasn't really easy, so I started investigating and realized that actually mediation, which back then was really only used for a little bit for divorces and Middle East negotiating and baseball, Right. <laughs> it wasn't used very much. And so I thought this would be a really good career, you know, and a really good service to offer. So over time, I transferred what I was doing from just therapy work to starting a, in 1990, starting a mediation firm that focused exclusively on partners, family or not fan, non-family partners. Mm, great. It was interesting, Jane, because, you know, my background was good for that kind of work. But I realized family businesses and any kind of partners, it's very complicated. And there are business issues as well as interpersonal issues and legal issues. And I, I thought to myself, do I need to go, go back and go to law school or get an MBA? And luckily, I, I had a, a thought that what we really needed was a multidisciplinary team to work with partners. Yes. So I started that in 90 and I had psychologists, business people, consultants, lawyers, finance people on our team from the from the get-go and that worked beautifully beautifully i just say in the 90s we were working with people all over the partners all over the country and in canada and learning a heck of a lot because as you know jane when people sit down to mediate they realize they really should open up at least in the closed caucus sessions really you know, kind of spill their guts and tell them, tell the mediators what's going on, right. which of course creates this interesting uh, situation where finally there's somebody, mediators who really know, are, they're getting the whole story. Mm -hmm. And so often before that, somebody's heard one person's story, another person has heard the other person's story, but the mediators are in a position to kind of pull it all together. Yes, yes, so true. Yeah, and really work to collaborate, to get back to a position where the partners were collaborating in their partnership. And that was very, very exciting. But just I'll go one step further with that. In the 90s, we learned so much from our mediation clients about all the different things that got them in trouble. Sometimes people ask me, well, what is it mainly that gets them in trouble? <laughs> is it greed and finances or is it personal values or unmet expectations or turf battles or power struggles and equity, all of these things. And I like to say, yes, yes. <laughs> it is definitely, depending on the partnership, all of those things could be at the core of the dispute. Right. But eventually I found out there's one thing underlying almost all of that, and that's poor planning or no planning. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And is that what led you to think in terms of how partnerships can begin with a common understanding that's a little, I'll say, both deeper and wider than the legal documents? Exactly, Jane. I think sometimes I look back and I think it took me a long time to realize, you know, like doctors, people come to them with broken bones or lungs that are in terrible shape. And eventually you have to do more than just treat those people. You have to think about prevention. Yes. <laughs> so it maybe took me a little while, but I I realized that was where I needed to go next. And that led to writing a book that came out almost 20 years ago. It's got a long name, but it's fairly descriptive. It's called The Partnership Charter, How to Start Out Right with Your New Business Partnership, parentheses, or fix the one you're in. It's perfect. And I will share with you, coincidentally, earlier today, I was on a Zoom call with colleagues, and one was describing starting a new partnership. And I literally held up the book to the camera so he could see it. And I could suggest to him, before you take another step, take a look at David's book. Save yourself pain and agony down the road. It's so often that we we get, I actually, from that book, I get probably two calls a week from people all over. Mm -hmm. I found your book. I found your book. And I say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's so nice to talk with you. But many of them have, have learned the hard way, you know, from the school of hard knocks. Yeah. And then they really started looking around for a resource and they found the book and I'm just delighted. And and they're really relieved too, because oftentimes they're thinking about trying again, but they're so burned. Sure, sure. From the first experience. Tell us a little bit. I'm looking at one of the pages that jumps out at me, and that's your table 2.1 on page 40 that just sets out so clearly when people ask, so what is it we're talking about? The distinction between the partnership agreement and the partnership charter. How are they different? And how does the charter allow partners to be on a steadier footing? Yeah, such an interesting and important question. As you know, Jane, partners can become partners. People can become partners without really doing much of anything. Even marital partners need to get a license. Well, the truth is you can become sort of legal partners with one another by just talking about it, Mm. calling this person your partner. It's kind of scary, yes, but it it happens. Some people really do go to an attorney and say, we think we need a document. Mm -hmm. So you sure do. And that's true. It's really good to have a document because the the document can lay out the rights of the parties and what the entity is, and it can help to protect the partners. But I like to say that's a little bit putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Really what partners want to do or should do is sit down and really take some time, not only to figure out how they're going to start the business and where they're going to, where they're going to get funding and, and people to work in it, but also to figure out how are we going to do this thing called partners mm-hmm. because nobody actually is trained in how to be partners. A few years ago, I taught a course at American University's business school in Washington on how to be partners. 
and they asked me to write an article and i said i'll write the article for you about partners if for their magazine if you'll do a little research because i don't think that there are any mba programs or or law school programs that really address what do you have to do in order to make a partnership work so interesting yes and the answer to that is and they did the research jane and they found they told me we found a university in in the uk wow. that has something like that something like it extraordinary isn't it it seems so obvious and yet it's just not done well exactly should be done oh boy for all those business schools that are teaching budding entrepreneurs yes and the reality is that most entrepreneurs start businesses with partners they don't do it solo right you know they're the mark zuckerbergs and the google founders and you know everybody hewlett packard you know all those companies were started with multiple people and it's fascinating when you ask people about partners business partners they think oh like they usually say oh like marriage partners you're like marriage partners. Mm -hmm. and then i always joke but what partners business partners say is yeah it is like my marriage partner except i sp spend more time with my business partner absolutely absolutely especially when they're starting out what i find interesting about the concept is as i understand it and tell me if i'm wrong it is very personal it is what works for these two people it is not a boilerplate situation it's not cookie cutters it's this person and that person figuring out for their charter how they want to do as you say how are we going to do this act of being partners exactly so rather than focusing on the document which is kind of what you're doing with that partnership agreement or LLC the operating agreement the document is a really important step but what we do in the partnership charter process is we put two steps in front of that the first step we call discover okay because what partners really want to do is they want to take that course that they never took anywhere about being partners and they want to discover what's involved oh okay it's both interpersonal and it's business yes mm -hmm. so what the partnership charter process as we've developed it over the past 20 years what it involves is answering and this is important each partner individually answering about 400 questions wow. on all of these mm, it's like 14 different topics okay the personal values the personal styles how we handle conflicts expectations and then money and governance and equity percentages all of that stuff so there are all these questions do the partners know all the answers heck no <laughs> but they put down their thoughts about all of these things and then when they sit down together they are incredibly well prepared to have very rich in-depth discussions with their partners sounds great it sounds so much like conflict prevention the worst type of conflict meaning the one where they argue and fight and become estranged and sue each other and that kind of thing yes but the type of conversation 
is, to my mind, good conflict. Oh, you think of it that way. Hmm, I think of it this other way. How can we work together to figure this out so we will have a successful partnership? That's exactly true. And it is. They're usually not in conflict when they do a partnership charter. People can be doing a partnership charter, Jane, when they're starting up. Mm -hmm. And people have done these charters when they're 10 and 20 years into their partnerships. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Regardless of when you do it, there's still a bunch of negotiating that has to go on because even if you've been partners for people for 10, 20 years, there are slivers of ambiguity. I call them slivers of ambiguity in your partnership because you just didn't talk about all these things at the beginning. And it's amazing how well partners can sometimes do for years and what successful businesses they can have without having clarity about the nuances of their partnership. Well, I guess there's a danger that in a moment's time, it can go from this is working just fine to, oh, whoops, this really matters that we're not on the same page. Yes, because when you don't do the planning up front, you might be very lucky and be able to go for years and make tons of money and have it work pretty well. But then something happens and you never thought of that. Yes. And I noticed in your book, you talk about that very clear, easy to understand concept of, well, just in case, let's take a look at things that, gee, we hope they never happen. We don't expect them to happen, but they could. Yes. That's a very kind of a fun unit. That unit, which we call scenario planning, is toward the end of the partnership charter planning process. And you think like, well, wait a minute, we just spent hours talking about our styles and handling conflict and our expectations and money and our roles, our level of authority in different areas. What do we need to now deal with hypothetical situation didn't we plan <laughs> didn't we just plan everything yes but 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 what we do at that point is we say now let's just think outside of the box about what ifs what kind of things could we possibly imagine going wrong and then let's talk about what we might do to address them it's a very fun and creative and exciting process because what people often realize is wow let's Let's do this now in order to prevent that one from ever happening. Great. Love it. So I know that, as you said, you've been learning throughout this journey, I'll call it, all of these years in this field and this very specific part of the work that many people do, but they don't do it quite like this. There are many family business advisors out there. There are a lot of mediators out there, but this idea of the partnership charter Mm -hmm. is not something we hear about a lot. Tell us what you have brewing that is coming soon as far as opportunities for people to take advantage of the learning and work with you. Well, this is an interesting part of the story. Thanks for asking, Jane. It's We've been using the partnership charter process of discover and then sitting down and discussing and then documenting for years. But this is an interesting technology story because 
we were doing it with these Word documents. Okay. Butler has separate Word documents, and they answer all these questions. And then you sit down for the meeting, and you kind of you cut and paste so you know what did all the partners answer to this question? What did they all answer? It was very arduous. And then a few years ago, we thought maybe we could do this online. And so we spent probably two years designing it and working with UI, UX people and developers to really make it happen. And it's just such a wonderful success story about the technology because now what we can do up to 10 partners. Wow. And not that many partnerships have that many, but we can do up to that many. And each partner works on the workbook online. It's beautiful. It works. But it's it's like a workbook online, just a very nice one. But boom, just like that, when we call them guides, when the guide is ready to sit down with the partners and facilitate their talking about it, it's all there. Great. They open up the first unit and the first question, and you go, okay. Let's look at what you said and you, you know, read it and share it with your partners. And suddenly everybody's sharing their answers and their thinking, and it becomes very creative. I love hearing that. And I think it's not the first time you've used that word in our conversation. I love the idea of being creative on the big picture questions of how do we make the partnership itself work, not about this product or service that we're trying to market. Let me see if I, I'm answering your question. What we're looking to do is help partners discover what they want mm-hmm. in their partnership. Yeah. So we, we kind of call it design your partnership. This is a design your partnership where we're going to help you to hear one another, to collaborate, to be creative, and to think about how you want to handle all these different issues. And we'll document it for you because that's really important. Mm-hmm. And then you can even take that document give it to your attorney and she can draft this amazing very unique customized document legal document for you for you it's not all the work you did oh i love it i think it sounds fantastic and as you're just pointing out where you begin is what do we want to accomplish what do we want from our partnership how do we design it comes before the technical legal document of what do we write down with the help of the attorney Right. Just the other day, I ran across a quote from a from a Buddhist teacher named Suzuki Roshi, and he said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of captures the charter process in a way, because partners tend to go to a lawyer who they see as the expert and who asks them some questions and gives them the answers Mm -hmm. and tells them in a way, this is the right way to do it. This will be best. And this flips that around and says, you partners, you really need to do some thinking and open yourselves up to many possibilities. So you get something, you design something that really fits you. Terrific. Well, David, the time has flown on by. And I would ask you to tell listeners how they can learn more about this process and get in touch with you. Thank you, Jane. There is the book that people can read, The Partnership Charter, and that's and, and David Gage will get you that on, on a Google search or Amazon. And uh, 
we're launching the partnership, actually the chart partnershipcharter.com website. So it is partnershipcharter.com and that'll be up and running. And if people want to call, I'm happy to talk with them. That number is 703-465-1262. And I think that's a, a phone and a URL and a, and a book. So I hope that helps. Fantastic. I will, of course, put that information in the show notes from today. I will keep my copy of your book close at hand. It has my own personalized tabs in it of this is the part that I find most interesting. And that's the part that I find I need to look at twice to fully appreciate. But I am grateful for it. And it is time honored. It has been around for a while and the information is still terrific. But how fabulous that you have evolved your work with the times so that the process for people going through all of this with you is even better with the help of technology. Yes. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Jane. Really enjoyed it. Well, good. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Crafting Solutions to Conflict podcast, please tell a friend, share it, leave a rating or review. When you spread the word, more people have a chance to enjoy the show. You can also sign up for new weekly episodes on your favorite app. Whatever setting works best for you and is free. You don't need to pay to listen. You can also find the show at CraftingSolutionsToConflict.com. Comments or ideas? Let me know. Until next time, I'm Jane Bettle.